Hello, everybody, and welcome back to People of Azeroth. This is a little bit different this season. This is the People of Azeroth Hardcore Chapters. It'll be a similar format that we're going to be interviewing people from the player base, uh, but it's going to be specifically those who have participated in the WoW Classic Hardcore Challenge. Um, you know, we'll also discuss uh, the future of the challenge, potentially going through different expansions, uh, some of the other things that that that, that happen. Uh, it's quite multifaceted. There are, you know, leveling cups and tournaments and things like that that take place too. So we're going to discuss all of that. So it's essentially going to be a kind of a, a hardcore uh, podcast. Um, probably going to try and keep it about the one hour mark, something like that. A little bit lighter, a little bit smaller than the previous shows and uh, try and keep it sort of fast paced and uh, and on a on a kind of regular um, schedule, maybe two a month, something like that. And I am lucky enough to be joined uh, by a co-host uh, who's going to try and uh, and you know co-host as many of these podcasts as we can. Uh, it's from a, a long time uh, listener of the show, uh, a friend, and uh, someone who's who's played with me before. I'd like to uh, introduce Cheesy. Welcome and and thanks for joining me. Yeah, thank you, Juno. I was uh, super excited, man, when you hit me up about this podcast. I've, uh, like you said, I'm a longtime listener. I've always been a fan. So it's cool to be on the show and to help host some episodes is going to be really, really fun. But yeah, uh, I'm uh, I'm Cheesy. I go by several names. Chatty Goodness is one. <laughs> uh, kind of my alter ego. But yeah, most people just know it by Cheesy. I've been playing hardcore for a long time. I think back in maybe March of 2020 is kind of when I first started yeah. playing hardcore. Yeah. Might've been February. I know there was, I participated in the first hardcore cup. So I've been around for like a long time, played a lot of hardcore, um, played with Juno a few times. We had the yeah. suicide squad. We did. We did. Those were great times too. <laughs> Those are great, man. We had a, a blast doing that, playing with uh Duranosaur, Carvillain, Senny, doing all the dungeons together. That was there was a great squad and just some of my best memories. You couldn't get a better bunch of guys to uh, to play with. So shout out to those boys for sure. Oh yeah, absolutely. I will say I think that Nomergon moment is one of the top five like most talked about <laughs> hardcore moments of all time. It probably is. Yeah, no, it really. Like, is. It, it's <laughs> it's talked about like I think regularly on F's and chat. Like people were just like reference the the Edge of Nomer song <laughs> yeah, and. <laughs> It's just like lives in infamy and fame, and it's just <laughs> one really, of the top. You're right. Hardcore. I think so. I think so. I think that yeah, you're you're right about that. Brought us all a little bit of uh, brought us a little bit of notoriety from that. I think. Oh, for sure. No, that's really good. We did. We had some. We've had some great times together. Um, and yeah, shout out again to um, to Cargos for creating this whole deal as well. We'll probably talk about some of that uh, some of that later. But for those who don't know. Um, what the uh, hardcore uh, people might not have, have, have listened before or played, but um, the uh, what the hardcore challenge is. Perhaps uh, cheesy, could you uh, talk about some of the rules or explain to the uh, explain to the listeners out there what the WoW Classic Hardcore Challenge is? Yeah, so the hardcore challenge at its core is that you have one life. So when you create a character, if you die at any point. In a hardcore character's mind, that character is done. Like you either delete it or you, some people like to leave it as like a ghost. 
yep. on their uh, selection screen, just to, like I guess so you could have the As memories. Memory. Of, oh, yeah. <laughs> my forty-five Paladin that I lost. Yeah, like you know, you look back and you see that. So at its core, that's what it's mostly about. Is just you know, if you die, you delete your character, and yep. everything in the game, like you kind of when you play hardcore, it takes on like a new meaning. And so with that in mind, you you are allowed to do professions, talents. You can yep. uh, you can use any gear that you can like self found basically. So it's a solo self found challenge where if you uh, you can't trade with other players, you can't use the auction house. Um, so it's just like what you pick up off the ground is what you can use. So it, yep. it makes for some interesting times, you know, trying to get all your six slot bags or like you find an epic weapon. Like I know you did. You got the yes. I d- two epics in one run, which is just absolutely unheard of, isn't it? That is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I've done, you know, I've had six characters make it to 60. And I think I've found uh, one epic in that yeah, entire wow, time. In that whole time. So the fact that you got two is crazy. So two, that's a, and they were both, both Biss prop pally oh items my God, as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to, yeah, to find an epic item in the first place is a miracle. And to find one that you can use is insane. It's, so. it's, yeah, I was blessed. But it's kind of, uh, you know, the whole point of the challenge is to kind of revitalize like the leveling experience. Because yes. if you like look back on like classic launch and, the way people played back then, it was just kind of, you know, okay, what's the fast and the way people still play, but what is the fastest, most efficient way for me to like get Correct. from one to 60 in as little time as possible. And hardcore was kind of created as a, okay, like they spent, you know, the designer spent all this time, like developing this great way to like play the game, like with questing. And it kind of revitalized that and made it a little bit more exciting with the whole one life idea where, you know, you can't, you can't die. So Absolutely. it's really cool. Absolutely. And most of the other rules, I mean, they're just kind of there to like limit some of these yeah. like dungeon farming methods, like where you would, uh, like metas where you would level quickly Correct. in dungeons where you're allowed to go into a dungeon one time. So that they just kind of, it's described as like the dungeon ID where you, once that ID is reset, you're not allowed to go back in the dungeon. So no repeating dungeons. It, it does make the dungeon runs way more exciting and way more like if you get a if you get a solid drop like that's a, that feels so much better knowing that you can only do it one time yeah absolutely and it does it stops those 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 groups that would just go in and just farm one dungeon till it wasn't viable onto the next one and do it that way so it's just again it's it's yeah it's just a, it's just that anti-meta approach isn't it yeah like the solo self-found is just so central to it and you doing dun- like multiple dungeons definitely kind of takes away from that a little bit yeah absolutely but at its core, I feel like that's that's the the biggest things, and you know, no BGs. Um, yeah, you which can't makes use sense. Songs if you're a shaman, yep. you can't uh, soulstone if you're a warlock. No bubble hearthing. Things that like are, you know, obviously yeah. a, like no way of failing <laughs> of escaping exactly, death. Exactly, exactly. You can use bubble as a paladin, but you just can't bubble and hearth out of a situation which would be, which would just yeah be considered. Um, it's not that it's uh, an exploit, but it's just against. It goes against the spirit of the challenge, which is what a lot of this stuff is. These are not. It's these are not punitive measures. It's not to punish people, but it's for people to just respect uh, what we're trying to do here. So, so I think most of those. I, I think the rule set, um, which again we should thank uh, Cargos for, who, who, um, who came up with this rule set and decided to play this way. Uh, also, we do need to to note that um, the WoW Classic 
you know, the Iron Man community has been going from a long time. I think right back from, oh, yeah. you know, RuneScape and other games. So Iron Man was the whole, uh, was is, is a different, it's a different rule set to what we play with. Uh, it's, in my opinion, it's a little more punishing and it does make it a lot slower. They'll, in their rules, there'll be no green weapons and th- no green items and things like that. Right. Uh, in Cargo's mind, the idea was to not, you know, gimp your character at all, not try to, re- to reduce the fun. It's, you know, get, be as powerful as you can be, but, uh, but, but, you know, doing it all yourself. So I think it was the perfect blend between oh, that yeah. kind of Iron Man. Iron Man rules. I think the name using the the name hardcore, I think, is maybe a little unfortunate because it does get mixed up with where people used to say, "Oh, he's a hardcore raider," for example, or something right, yeah. in the you know that hardcore community. So, I think we may for a lot of time in the podcast, you'll probably hear us just say HC, which is the just the common uh, abbreviation, but it sort of just will help reduce some of that confusion too. So, a lot of people just call it the uh, the HC challenge, um, but that was one of those things. Cargos had to change the name out of respect for the Iron Man community. Whereas I think he, when he had first started, it was, you know, he had the, the it was Iron Zug or something was his first hardcore character. Uh, but right. they, they reached yeah. out to him and asked him not to use, you know, Iron Man or anything like that. So, and he respected that. So we've got the, uh, we've got the HC community now. Um, but yeah. yeah I, uh, I, one, one thing about like the, so the rules, like a lot of the, a lot of these rules are made in like response to things that have like happened right so back actually when it was iron lad which is i think was the very first hardcore character like or it was iron man is what he was calling it before like you said they reached out and asked him to change his name yeah so he was like actually doing things like using the auction house like he was purchasing items off of the auction house so I don't think he was doing any open world grouping, but like back then, you know, the challenge was different. And then like, as like, we kind of played the challenge, like you yes. realized, oh, it makes sense for it to be more solo self-found. So let's take out the auction house, mailbox, trading, stuff like that. So, you know, the rules have, uh, have evolved over time. So if you like look at these rules and you're like, why is this here? There's probably a bunch of reasons and a lot of thought and effort went into creating these rules. So yeah, just in case absolutely. it's just yeah. like Absolutely right. That's the point of it. Now, the other thing that I think is is could be appealing to people who who may look at all this and think I'm not I'm not you know a you know sweaty neckbeard player. I don't want to do this kind of thing. If you're in a uh, if you're an RP player, if you like kind of RPing or um, you'd like that style of gameplay, this rule set fits perfectly with RP gameplay. Oh, the, for sure. The idea that you only have one life you do get a really strong connection to your character and it just, everything makes much more sense. Even with dungeons, for example, if you went into the dead mind and you killed Van Cleef, that would only happen once, you know, you wouldn't go, uh, you wouldn't go back in, you don't kill him 10 times over <laughs> and over. So from, from that point, it makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? Right. Yeah. And I think once you play hardcore, there's some things that just like feel like it was made for hardcore. Yeah. Like when, when they were like developing the game, it feels like they were developing it sometimes with hardcore like gameplay in mind <laughs> yeah well so i think it's they, very cool i think we are a lot closer what we're doing is a lot closer to how they intended the game to be played wasn't it oh for sure um, yeah you know and it was just you know they have all of these vendors and stuff around so they'll have vendors that sell items weapons and items and stuff that most players you would always just you know, blitz past and never, you're never going to buy a white sword or you would never buy uh, items from a vendor. You would just go and buy it from the auction house cheaper, or you would just farm a dungeon and get it. But it's made a lot of those vendors that sell limited good vendors. Like 
Antonio Pirelli's probably never had so much business in his life <laughs> since the hardcore challenge started. Yeah. <laughs> you know, people are hunting this guy to try and buy to buy a couple of potions or to buy, you know, the the sword, the claymore or whatever the sword is. Um, yeah, and, and scrolls as well. Like there's so many vendors in the game that you just like, yeah, you just run by, wouldn't think a second thing about. That sell like in a hardcore player's mind, like abyss items. So like, there's, good. Like a, I think it's uh like some shoulder pads are like sold in the wetlands and like that's true. There is a vendor you can get these killer shoulders in the wetlands. Yeah, absolutely right. I've and never it's used like that some dude in the hut. Like yep. you would never like walk into this hut. It's in the middle of nowhere. You would just like walk by and be like, what the hell is this dude doing in here? But in hardcore, you know about this vendor and you're going to go check it out. Like it makes these things like more important or like I, more interesting. I think they did. I think, I suppose back then they were trying to reward the idea of exploration, which was something that a lot of people love in video games. And me, whenever, especially when I was younger as well, I absolutely loved just exploring in video games. And it's one of those things. Same thing in, um, in uh, Red Ridge. You know, the, there's a leatherworking trainer and a vendor who sells those rare uh, leatherworking patterns way up in the in the mountains. Like, in it, there would be no reason why you would go there ever, but you can go there and buy leatherworking supplies, and you can buy those the rare um, recipe to to uh, make a pretty killer, um, you know, dragon welt vest back then too. So uh, it did it. Yeah, I, I didn't even know about that vendor. Uh, this is yeah. the first time I'm hearing about <laughs> yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. It's a really good one for rogues. Rogues, keep that in mind. If you're a leatherworking rogue or hunter, go up in there, buy that recipe, and then you can craft a kick-ass uh, uh, chess piece, and it looks awesome too. Uh, but the other thing to uh, to you know uh, piggyback of what you said earlier, cheesy, in relation to how much time the designers spent uh, creating uh, this world and all of these little things, all of these amazing little Easter eggs, and sometimes there's you know like funny kind of, you know, real life references and, um, you know, names, NPC names and just random little locations of things that that are not there for any purpose other than to add flavor, like the Iron Forge, uh, sorry, not the Iron Forge, the, uh, the, yeah, the airfield near Iron Forge. Right, yeah. You know, that's just, it's just there to add flavor when you fly over on the flight path, isn't it? Um, but, but also what I was going to say is end game, is of course a big part of it. So like raiding was one of those things and PVP is a big thing. But you, when people rush through and if someone speed levels through in two weeks and gets to end game and they just sit and then raid log on, on Molten Core or whatever people were doing initially or you know getting your achievements and everything, you're missing out on so much of, of what the game is by sitting in a dungeon and, and, and doing that those dunge, that dungeon cleaves. Whereas right. with, with my... Um, I recently got to 60. Thank God. I finally did it, everybody. Yeah, people congratulations. Yeah, thank you. For people who don't know, who have listened to the podcast and listened to my, my, I've seen the streams and how much I tried and failed at this. I finally got to 60. Um, and my play time, I think, was 257 hours of gameplay. So, <laughs> so there's so much of the game and all of the things I saw in every zone and every quest. Um, there's so much content there. And uh, and it really does uh, it really does a disservice to the game and to the developers for people to just to fly through it and, and skip so much. Right. Yeah. And I think what's cool about hardcore is just like also the runs are very different. Like, how many paladins did you make? I would. I forgot. I would say it'd be probably twenty over twenty. <laughs> and I yeah. And I imagine none of those runs like felt the same. None like of you them were, were the constant- same. Yeah, and it's and it's crazy because you're thinking, oh, you're doing the same like content over and over again, like you're you know 
and Elwin again, like for the yep. 20th time, it's like, but each time you're in, you know, an Elwin, it's a different experience, which is like really cool for hardcore where you get that green sword off of like a mob. Absolutely. It changes right. everything. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's, you know, normally like you just like, you know, go sell it on the auction house or whatever. And I think a second thought about it, but yeah, hardcore just makes these things so impactful and so fun. It does. And you are, you're right. You are at the mercy of some of that RNG because for me on my most recent Paladin, for example, I was, I switched from protection to retribution. So I was leveling ret, which I found better with the two hander, especially through 30 to about 45. But whenever that um, epic, the first thing I got was an epic shield that dropped. And that just made me go back to protection then because I thought yeah, it, it well, changed the entire way that you the, play the, the whole, game. the whole plan went out the window and the same thing happens on a small scale, even early on. If you get a green shield early on, you might switch from a two hander to one hander and go, okay, maybe I'll play with this, uh, play in this way. So, uh, and, and the same thing I tried, I tried all different things with, uh, with the professions too. So you'd mix up, you might still be a paladin, but I tried being leather working, tried engineering, alchemy. You, you try all of those and see which one is going to, uh, which is going to be the most beneficial for the challenge that you're doing. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. With professions, I mean, you're talking about picking up random drops. Like I picked up a recipe for swiftness potion Yes, and that, and I wasn't going to go alchemy, but you get that. And it's like, okay, well I'm going alchemy then because like it's too good to pass up having an endless supply of, of swiftness pots. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely right. Um, now you've done, you've, well, I mean, we've both played, I guess, for a similar time. You've, I would say, have been more successful in the challenge than I have and um, <laughs> <laughs> and have got, I don't know how many, how many, what's your, let's let's say, what's your track record in, in, in the classic hardcore challenge? So I have five sixties on era and then I have one on SOM. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So six level sixties. Um, what would you, uh, well, why don't we talk briefly about, about class selection then uh, for both, you know, let's say for someone who wants to pick this up and give it a try or for someone who's, who's, ha- who's doing the challenge, but having a hard time, what would you say about class selection? I would say from my experience, what I've seen is like three different, schools of thought on like the way you pick your class number one is i want to play the hardcore challenge at its hardest so like everyone is always like hey what's the hardest class to play yeah and it's typically most people are going to say warrior which is i I would agree with that (laughs) i think you would you'd be hard pressed to find anyone that disagrees with that yeah but yeah you so there's people that just want to like play it at its hardest so if that's you i would say you know maybe the warriors for you yeah and then the other way people think about it is let me play a class I've never played before to like really dive into it. So True. some people do that. And then another common school of thought is just play your class that you main the most, like the class you have the most experience on. Yeah, that's true as well. That's what that's what I think seems to be one of the the overriding things. The, the easiest answer to give someone is play what you're most familiar with and most comfortable on. Um, right. And I think that definitely helps with uh, the hardcore challenge and, an immeasurable way like knowing your class knowing like the kind of the nitty-gritty of your spells and abilities can make like an incredible difference and like if you're going to survive and the same thing i would say with with faction uh with faction as well uh is would would be the same thing to go with whatever it's it's important to know to to at least have some sort of understanding of the of the quests just so you don't get caught on some you know, a quest that can evolve into like a really spicy situation that you may not otherwise know. 
Oh, uh, for so, sure. Yeah, so that can be it can be helpful. It's not a requirement if you haven't played WoW Classic and you want to jump into this. You don't need to be an expert, uh, but it just can be helpful if you're if you are not an expert or if you have any concerns. If you are doing a quest, you can easily just check it on um, on you know WoWhead or you know Classic WoW. Uh, dot live and and check out the quests before you get into something that you that you're not prepared for. Yeah, it it can be tough because there is a quest in the game that kills you. Like you drink an elixir and it yeah. kills your character. So there's things like that. If you didn't know that, yeah, there's been at least two that I know of that have died. That's so sad. And it's in Angoro, so you're fifty something. Yeah, it's you're fifty-two, so fifty-three, yeah. Yeah. and you just you don't know the quest, you drink the elixir, your character dies. <laughs> yeah, like absolutely. It's, yeah, it, it it's gotten several people. And so knowing the quest is definitely uh helpful. But it is I not mean, required, like you're saying. You don't need to know every quest. You don't need to know. I mean that that ties in with uh, you know, our next subject being tips for new players what would you say cheese is someone starting out i suppose probably those first two points we had made player class that you're comfortable with if you're if you're new to the challenge player class you're comfortable with and what else would you say to the new players i would say you know it can be frustrating to die right yeah. <laughs> but it is important to you know try again or like what the hardcore community likes to say is we go again you know exactly. like you you, exactly. you died at level 12 it sucks you know, maybe it's your first time ever playing hardcore, but like I would definitely say try it again. You know, get get back on the pony, give it another shot. It, it's addictive for a lot of people where that just comes naturally. The <laughs> the, the yeah. attempts just flow that you don't have to convince anybody to try again. But it can be tough at, at first, but I highly recommend, you know, making sure you give it a fair shot. And just in terms of like survivability, uh, you know, of things of like just like the actual playing of the hardcore challenge. I mean, just take it slow. Yep. You know, read the quests, look them up like we were talking about. I would say, you know, just be careful with overestimating what your survivability and like your power is. Like yep. if you're a warrior, you know, level one to 10 feels really, really good. Paladin the same way. Yeah. And then I think you just, <laughs> you could hit a you brick do. wall you do. very quickly. So if you overestimate your power, you know, it can cost you early as well. Absolutely. I would say um, my tips for people would be, to maybe break things up, if you're going in having never done this before, set yourself a very achievable goal. And it might sound lame, but set yourself a goal to make it to level 10 without dying. And, and just set yourself that goal. And I would say to anybody, even if they weren't sure whether this would be something for them, set a goal at level 10 and just get a character for that. Um, because that alone can be surprisingly difficult when you first start <laughs> yeah. out. I've had deaths under level 10 uh, in a different starting areas. It can happen so easy. Um, so I would say just set some achievable goals, or even if you have a goal to get to 20 or 40 or whatever it is and get a mount, you know, if you don't want to go all the way, but, uh, but set yourself a, set yourself a goal and, and do it. Um, and I would also say the same thing, just be aware of, of those, of the limitations of your ability, because you, you, you it's not as simple as just die and, uh, and res you're right back to the start. So that's one of the things that will say that it's better to, uh, it's better to reset than restart. So if you've got a pull that's going bad and you've you've accidentally pulled one or two um, ads that you weren't expecting and you've got your initial target is down, he's got a sliver of health left, it's still better to just reset. Don't be greedy. Don't try and get that kill. Just reset that mob, get away from it and start again because there's nothing worse than dying 
just because you were trying to kill one, you know, nameless ad that you could have got later on. Um, the other yeah, thing that is, that is a great, great tip right there. Yeah. The other thing that ties in with that is also, they say, you know, don't die with your supplies. So like, if you've got, if you've mm -hmm. got, you know, the marbles from Elwyn forest, if you've got, um, consumer, you know, rockets, grenades, anything like that, use those things. And the same with your cooldowns. Don't, don't hold on to all of this stuff thinking I'll use it one day and you end up never using it. Same with your stat food and everything. Use all of that. Use potions. Use everything before you out-level them. Because if you hoard all of your potions, uh, especially your starting ones, in five levels' time, they're going to be useless. So so don't die with your supplies either. That is a great point. Yeah, and I've seen so many deaths, especially like when you get kind of to the higher levels where like the potion difference is like pretty massive. Yep. Like, oh, I'm going to use I'm going to use my smaller pot here. Oh, yeah, and I would just sure. say, like, if you're in a situation where you're having to to use a consumable, use a potion, pop the biggest one every time. If you need to. Yeah, if you need to, you can spend the time to to go back and, and get another one of those potions. Like, the vendors have them up. Like, you can go find another potion. Yeah, on a longer fight, the issue being then if you use your small or medium potion, it gives you a tiny amount of health, but it's put it on a cooldown for two minutes. And then you immediately regret going, wow, I'm mm -hmm. going to need more than this. Yeah, that's a really good point. If you're reaching for a potion, make it worth it. And even if you end up with more health at the end of the fight than, than you needed, it's better to do that than uh, than be watching that two-minute cooldown. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I've seen it so many times. And I've been there myself, too. I, I've kind of, I've adopted this for a while. But before, it was tempting to pop the smaller pot because you're like... You know, but it, once you learn the extent of like your ability and your the power of your class, if you need to use a potion, like you yeah. know you're down bad, and like you should you should pop the biggest one. Yeah, playing the safe way. Yeah, I agree with you there too. Um, and I would say the same thing with paladins. People trying not to use lay on hands being a one hour cooldown, but I would say to people if you need to use it, use it. Get out of that situation, and. Go, if you are concerned then about continuing, if you're in a bit of a spicy area, go do something more simple, go do something easier or even mm -hmm. log off. I know guys that are paladins and stuff. If they've used bubbles, uh, use bubble or lay on hands, they'll just go to an inn and they'll log off for an hour and get the cooldowns back up. If you want to be super yeah. safe about it and there's nothing wrong with doing that. That's just getting the abilities back that are, that are part of your class. So, so keep that in mind, or especially even as a paladin, even your five minute one, um, go, you know, take a quick break or, or whatever, and come back when you've got your five minute bubble back up. Um, so definitely, um, definitely something that I would, uh, I would recommend. Yeah. And one other thing, I guess, is, uh, be careful in caves. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> Watch for patrols. Like the, I feel like the caves and patrols are probably like more than 50% of like hardcore death deaths. I People, would not watching in caves or like having a patrol sneak up on them or sometimes a patrol in a cave. So, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Right. Um, one of the things that I was going to say, which reminds me, and maybe there's something that we could work on. It just reminded me of a famous, of a clip of yours too, where you were in uh, was it a, um, uh, uh, you're in a cave on a mage and you started getting repops and you're like out of mana, low on health. Oh my God. Being, yeah. That was um, where, what cave was that? That was the cave in Hillsbrad with the Yetis in it. The Yeti cave. That's right. The Yeti cave. Yeah. Yeah. That was uh that was one of my crazier moments. And it was actually kind of funny because I, I had met Duranosaur earlier that day. Oh, really? So, like, we, we like had run into each other like in Stone Talon or something. And like, you know, like when you're like in the old hardcore yeah. days, I feel like people were like more 
doing this. It was like such stopping, a wholesome wave, community. Yeah, it was. Salute, you know, like zug zug, and then you go your separate ways. Well, he like hit me up and was like, hey, do you like stream? And like he actually had rated me right before that. That's so, so it like, cool. It was it was a cool moment, and it was probably one of the closest calls where I've like made it out in hardcore. And it requires, I mean, like especially in caves, situa- situational awareness and just like knowing what's going on around you, repops and you know respawns in caves, patrols, all of that. It'll kind of come naturally, like as you play hardcore. You know, you'll kind of develop those skills a little bit more. I wonder if this is, we should probably talk about this off the air, but one of the things that just came to me after you had said before about the, that Noma, the edge of Noma experience, <laughs> there would be, if we, we should compile a bunch of these highlights together and put all of those epic moments, whether it's um, highlights, deaths, or whatever, and put it together in one epic video. I think that would be awesome because there's been so much stuff in the past two years. That, uh, oh that yeah. And I think it would incredible. be cool to ask the guests, like when they come on, say, Hey, yeah. like bring, bring like your top two hardcore clips in general, like doesn't have Let's to be do like that. your clip, but like the clip that you think of, you know, when you think of epic hardcore yeah. moments. I think that's what we should do that actually. And we'll start compiling it. We'll put together, if people don't have to supply the video, just tell us what it is. And we will, uh, we'll put together an incredible, come the end of this, we'll put together an incredible bunch of memories. That's, that's awesome. That's definitely going to be good. Oh yeah. That's a good, that's a good idea. Um, why don't we chat briefly professions? I don't think there's any right or wrong answer. And why don't we give a couple of positives and negatives for the professions and wow that you might pick during the challenge? Yeah, I would say, you know, no profession is required. Like I've leveled characters True. Um, with no professions at all, like no first aid or cooking. All those, all those things help definitely. Like they help tremendously with the challenge. Yep. But when you feel comfortable enough, you don't necessarily have to use them. But like, and I, I think with alchemy, it's a, it's an obvious choice for a lot of people. Because like in classic, um, if you're playing on classic air SOM, like those, those potions, like they stack. So you can just like oh, have, yeah. like they used to call it the nom nom skittles. Like you look at the top of his top right of his screen and it's just like a long line of different colored potions, potions and, and elixirs and everything else. Elixirs, yeah. scrolls, like he, he would rock everything. So, you know, alchemy is definitely a great choice just for the flat stats. Um, I know engineering is highly considered, you know, it's considered one of the, the greatest professions for hardcore just cause you have yeah. bombs, you have target dummies, which can target dummies you know, they, can be a lifesaver for sure. Oh yes. Yeah. It saved me numerous times and it's just, it's an instant taunt. So it'll taunt anything in its radius, yep. which makes it amazing for, for escaping tough situations. Yeah, I completely agree. I would like to say, um, I'd like to throw leatherworking in as being, uh, well, we can talk about a bunch of them, but yeah, leatherworking for me, I've got a couple of things I like about it. One, I like the fact that skinning leatherworking um there's no you don't have to really go out of your way to do it there's so many beasts and wow you're going to kill a lot of beasts along the way um you can you can skin them you can start skinning very early on as well um picking up a skinning knife pretty easy and um you're getting uh you're leveling it up just while you're uh, while you're just leveling normally uh that little bit of downtime in between you know that that second and a half or two seconds of downtime in between killing a mob it's, it's helping anyway. It's getting your health regening, your MP5s ticking. So it's really, I don't consider that downtime. I don't consider it a, um, uh, don't consider it a waste of time. The leather can be sold. So you've got a, a you know, a, a small, but it's still passive income, which can, money is always, always helpful. And uh, even early on for any class at all, even if you are a clothy, for example, 
the you can use armor kits. So the the armor kits are something you can use the whole way through, um, boost your armor up. As a rogue or hunter, rogue hunter, even warrior or paladin, the initial greens that you can make under level ten or even under level fifteen, you could still find yourself in, and they can be a really big help. I mean, you can make greens. I think at about level six in leatherworking that are going to have stamina stat on them, which is huge for hardcore as well. So, uh, so I'm a big fan of leatherworking. Um, and even on my paladins, typically if I'm doing a retribution paladin, I'll take leatherworking uh, because I'll stack a lot of agility on a, on a ret pally and uh, I'm not going for that survivability as much. Uh, but then also I'll talent in to get, you know, the increased armor from Devo and stuff. That's a separate issue. But as a protection paladin, I will always take engineering uh, for the, that gives you a ranged pull with dynamite. So if you are tanking any dungeons, you've got that. And you probably are going to find yourself doing a little bit more AOE kind of grinding where you'll set yourself in position. You've got Consecrate on and you've got, you know, two or three mobs on and you can use Dynamite then as well. Or Grenades, in fact, too, which gives you another stun and another interrupt. So uh, so that's worth yeah. noting too. And I would say one thing about uh, Dynamite and using bombs is one of the major, major benefits that I think people don't really think about or don't realize is the way you can use it to pull multiple mobs, but only leash one of them. That is like one of the huge things that is super helpful. Like if you think about um, like, you know, the Alliance quest where you have to kill the Forsaken Courier, like those yes. it's five mobs, it's four mobs plus the Courier. And they like patrol all the way through like a Rathy all the way to Hillsbrad. You've yep. probably seen them a few times. Um, you know, if you if it's like like level thirty five, and the quest you get is like level thirty five, <laughs> so at level thirty five, you're not going to be killing five mobs at level, like especially as like a paladin or you know like a warrior. Um, so if you actually tag all the mobs at the same like server tick, like if you throw a bomb and it hits all of them at the same time instantly, they're all leashed separately. So gotcha. then you could just hit the courier and then keep running. All the you know the four extra mobs will reset and you just have the one mob that you want. So that's, that's super helpful in hardcore. That's a really great tip too. Yeah, a really great tip. Um, Dynamite, because of the slow throw on it too, can make, you can do really good line of sight pulls where you can throw it while it's traveling in air. You can be running back around a corner if anybody has got an instant cast. True. Instant cast yeah. fire blast or anything because of the travel time, the Dynamite not being instant. You can use that to your advantage too. Um, so for the Paladin tanks out there, for anybody doing um, WoW Classic, it's one of the things that I would always recommend, and that was what helped me during non-hardcore um, to to do all the tanking that I was doing on a Protection Paladin. So I would definitely recommend Yeah, that's very that. true. I hadn't even thought about that benefit, but that makes a, a huge difference in those situations. Huge difference, yeah. Um, and like, yeah, I, casters, that's one of the, the bane of existence for yeah. hardcore tanks. How many yeah. deaths do you see to like the Pillager, where if you had a bomb to... Line yeah. of sight, pull them. Line of sight, pull. Defias pillagers almost need their own uh, little section here, guys. <laughs> please, if you if you guys are humans and you're heading into Westfall after um, after Elwyn Forest, statistically, the Defias pillagers, even in multi life in normal WoW, have killed so many people. They're such a dangerous mob, and in the hardcore channels, they have killed hundreds or thousands of characters. You have to be so careful. For sure. I think uh, Blizzard released statistics like, you know, many yeah. years ago and it was Defias Pillager was number one 
like character killer in the game. Killed, yeah. <laughs> and it was like, you know, against world like world bosses. Compared to Ragnarok and everybody, man. It's yeah, so and Defy's Filger was at the top. And I guarantee you it's the same way in hardcore. It's like I, I would say so, man. I would say so. Um and the other thing to to note um in in Westfall too is those um those harvest watches I think have also got the largest aggro mm. radius of any mob in WoW 2. So keep that in mind. Westfall's a super dangerous area, so just be super careful, anyone who's in there doing that. Um, just to finish off on professions, Cheesy, the other two that we didn't talk about, I guess, is blacksmithing and... Um, uh, what else? Oh, no, blacksmithing, that was it, wasn't it? We didn't talk about... Uh, we, talk, we didn't talk about enchanting. Okay, um, I think we enchanting and blacksmithing... So blacksmithing is kind of on its own category. It's like, yeah. it, I consider it super hard to like level. Like you're going to spend a lot of time like farming the ore and just like trying to get those gem procs too because a lot of it's, the recipes require like specific gems that can be challenging to find because it's solo self-found. So you have to find them yourself somehow. Exactly. You've got to keep that in mind because you can't just go to the auction house and buy those things. And even if you need a, if you've got a recipe that takes, um, that needs you know leather or it needs something else with it it can make it it can make it difficult um it can make it difficult to get some of those those other items so i personally wouldn't wouldn't recommend blacksmithing outside of anything unless someone was to do it say in elwyn forest someone wanted to do it and get a bunch of sharpening stones or white stones mm -hmm. i could understand that initially do it for a couple of hours maybe and then switch but i i personally wouldn't recommend blacksmithing for this challenge and the enchanting, it's very good early on to like for casters to make their yep. wands. Like I think there's like a formula out there. I think it's like sixty linen cloth or like eighty linen to, cloth. To it's like exactly okay, if you, you need, yeah, exactly. It's like okay, you get all the tailoring levels that you need to like craft the first green, and it like lets you craft ten of them. I think it's like sixty linen, but enchanting is very strong early on for those. But then it actually becomes unusable because you have to upgrade your wand. Sorry, upgrade yep. your uh, your enchanting rod, and that requires like blacksmithing materials. Materials, so, which is just not unless you're in a duo with somebody, or in case you have uh, the urge to level blacksmithing up to a point and then drop it for enchanting, but like store the rods. I guess you could do it then too. Um, yeah, but even beyond that, like the the trainer to get from two twenty five to three hundred. Do you know where they're at? No, Oldamon. Oh, They're God. inside the dungeon, Oldham. That's a really good point. Yeah, so that's just so you can train it, and if you, I guess, if you take like all the materials you would need to like level to like unlock yeah, an enchant getting... that you're trying to get, you literally can't go back inside per the hardcore rules of one dungeon ID. So yeah, <laughs> enchanting so... is very not hardcore friendly in a lot of ways. Completely agree. And some of this could change. You briefly mentioned I'd forgotten about that. Briefly mentioned uh, duos there. So the duo rules we should have mentioned at the top. Are oh, true, yes. They are slightly different if you're doing a duo or a trio. Um, the dungeon rules apply where, um, you know, dungeon rules and that other stuff applies. However, trading is allowed within that duo. So it can, you can get some synergy between professions then where you can have something that feeds off something else. So if someone did tailoring, the other person did enchanting for whatever, that, that kind of thing can all feed off each other. But uh, th that does get into a whole fairly complicated thing. But, uh, but yeah, the professions can change uh in a duo now what about tailoring cheesy say as a caster in a solo situation tailoring any good or, or do you still think that you're wasting an opportunity there uh i think tailoring was pretty good i loved okay. it on my warlock and my mage yep. and there are some very solid items like later on 
Like there's a, I think it's called the Dreamweave circlet is one of the later items. I think you have to have like 260 tailoring or something wow. to craft yeah. it, which, but it's, I think the equip level is like 50 or like 49. So if you like grind it out and get enough mage weave and rune cloth to actually level up and, and to craft that item, it's actually really, really solid. Um, yeah. So stuff like that, there are some big items in tailoring that don't require uh, items from other professions that are very useful. So yeah, I think good. it's a good I'm, choice. If, if you like the idea of crafting, crafting your gear, I think tailoring is a, is a great option for casters. I think, and that just ties in just to go back to leatherworking as well. It's one of those where um, you'll probably end up crafting your first um, headpiece. Uh, if you've got leatherworking, you'll probably be able to craft one before you actually drop because head slots never drop in WoW Classic. Yep. For anyone who's who's not used to this, they never drop. Don't be surprised if you'll go the majority of your run and not get a head slot if you're not because you're not farming dungeons as much. Um, and when you get to the point that you can craft, I think it's the Nightscape headband. Mm -hmm. um, it's like 20 Agi, 15 Stam or something. It's just a killer, a killer green piece that's not even that difficult to make. So, uh, so definitely for the rogues and hunters out there, I would, I would really. Uh, really keep that in mind if you um, if you don't, uh, or especially if you are in a duo, then as well, definitely do that. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. And uh, okay, so why don't we say bosses? We touched on this briefly before. Quests to watch out for, but um, but just in general for people, let's talk. Let's let's say elite quests, um, bosses that we might encounter, um, including world bosses, traveling things, dangers in the world for people and quests that they should watch out for. Do you got anything you want to open with, Chaser? Uh, I mean, I guess like some of the obvious ones are, you know, like the elite patrols and various zones are probably yeah. like one of the the main thing to keep an eye out for. Like if you think about uh, the barons and the Southern barons, there's a patrol of like four or five elites yes. that are like mounted and they like, they just walk around the Southern barons. It kills so many players <laughs> yeah, because wow. they, they do sneak up on you. So if you like know like, okay, hey, I'm in the, the patrol route of these guys, like I should be careful. So like knowing like when you go into a zone, if you've like never quested there before, like, you know, pay attention to your surroundings, maybe like look, ask in the guild chat, hey guys, do I need to look out for anything Correct. here? And the people in the guild chat would love to help you. You know, they'll... So I would say, you know, looking out for those guys is probably... Uh, one of the main things. I know Lockmodan has something similar. It does. That is a dangerous mob, that one in Lockmodan on that other side. That really is, yeah. And then people call it Scary Terry, you know, the guy from Blasted Lands, yes. <laughs> the dragon. Yes, yeah, they'd be careful, careful. of uh, Terramus. He's flying around and, and, you know, he's a large patrol route. Some people like to kite him, so you're going to have to look out for that. Well, too. yeah, that's something we should touch on afterwards here is the griefing. We'll touch on that afterwards. Um, but, yeah, that's definitely one as well. Um, so those, but I suppose if you are, um, if you're an add-on, if you're an add-on heavy, um, or just someone comfortable with add-ons, you could get unit scan, couldn't you? And add these, um, mm -hmm. add these mobs into unit scan. Disc full disclosure, I didn't actually use it during my runs, but I think it is a good thing. I know Duranosaur and, and a lot of those people use it. Um, it's, yeah, they find it very helpful. You just input into each zone. I guess you input the name of those mobs, um, which can yeah. be helpful finding rares too. Yeah, that's one thing uh, that's really cool about hardcore are the rares as well, things you normally run by. But yeah, unit scan can can check up on all that for you. I've never used it personally. Yep. Um, I kind of <laughs> I don't recommend people using it. I feel like it takes away from like the need of like situa situational awareness. Awareness, and, you know, yeah. Okay, no, that's a good point. That's a good but, point. You know, I don't I don't bash people for using it. I totally get it. It's super helpful for finding you know rare mobs, which 
you know, they guaranteed to drop a green or like a blue item. So it's, those can be super helpful in your run and unit scan definitely helps finding them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so no, I would, um, I would definitely say that. So in terms of bosses, uh, even if you don't, if you don't use the, um, the add on possibly even check on, um, on any of the various websites and see, uh, what you've got in that area for, for rares or for elites and things like that. As for elite quests in general, for the majority of the player base, most of those elite quests at level, you're going to be skipping them. You're not going to be doing elite quests, are you? Yeah, I think it totally depends on your class and like kind of the situation that the elite is yep. in. Like, you know, on a mage um, with, you know, frost mage, like you're, you're slowing the mob so much, they're getting stunned, they're getting rooted. If they even get close to you, you just frost no, then you run yep. away and then you keep casting. Like it kind of depends on the class. On the class, a yeah. warrior for sure. You're going to be waiting till that quest is very green for yeah, you. Most likely, you're doing that. And but I like also... a hunter and like a and a mage, they definitely have a little bit more ability to solo some of these quests. To solo some of that stuff, yeah, yeah. A pet class for sure, yeah. And also, yeah, warlock as well, I suppose, with fear and everything. But but just weigh it up, lads. Like for people who are going to do it, just weigh it up. Is this? Am I comfortable doing this? If you're if you're very confident in your abilities and you're on that right class for it, then um, then great. If you're playing carefully, then, you know, for a lot of time for me, especially solo paladin, I just didn't pick up any of those wanted quests or anything. Didn't bother picking them up, moved on to the next thing, forget about them and, and you move on with your life. And there's, there's other, uh, other quests that you can do. If you are, if you're on that right, the right class and you're, and you're confident, then, then great. And there's some that, that are probably, especially if you combine an elite quest in a cave or in a castle or something like that, <laughs> you're really compounding danger on danger here. So, uh, so so just really, really weigh that stuff up, lads. That would be my advice. Yeah, I would say definitely with uh with elite quests, it's it's it, you know, it's gonna be really nice XP, maybe it's got a really nice reward, but at the end of the day, you're gonna spend more time re-leveling all of those hours <laughs> yeah. to get back just... to where you are than how much time doing that quest would save you from like killing green mobs. Like that's one yeah. thing I would do. Like I'm like, okay, I can do this elite quest or I can go kill 30 tigers over yeah. here and get the same value is it worth the risk is it worth and sometimes it? sometimes you just you go for it anyway right it's and if you it's are hubris if, but yeah it is but 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 weigh that stuff up too so say if you're you're level 32 and and you know you've got four bars to go until you level get that level before you do the quest that that little bit of extra that can help you or make sure you've got all your cooldowns or make sure you've got all your consumes before doing all those things just be very prepared for, be very prepared for elite quests would be my advice. And I would also say to people to don't be afraid to abandon something like this. Some quests in Stranglethorn Vale, for example, which just reminded me, I can't remember the name of them, but there's some quests that are not even that, that they're not even that high level or they're not even that uh, where you've got to kill the troll priests and stuff in these various camps. They're so yeah. densely packed mobs. Like, don't be afraid to just abandon a quest like that that can be really that's just super sketchy like and the one killing the Curzon guy in down in the cave too you've got to kill through so many mobs <laughs> they've got a fast respawn rate and then his attack speed is, is insane so um so some of that stuff is it's just really risky a lot of these quests yeah that's typically how i think about it is just like okay is it worth you know the risk or do i just go kill 30 green yeah. mobs to, to account for this quest typically the go far go grind some mobs is going to be the if option you, that yeah. you choose 
you know, for, especially for the new players, this is what a lot of this stuff, for, we've got, this is not aimed at the, you know, the Duranosaurs and, and those people out there that have got this shit on lock. We're trying to give, we're just, this episode is just mainly for the, for the newer players and, and aimed at those people that, that might not have enough experience or that are thinking of getting into this, which is what I would like to see because I still think this is a, a super fun way to play the game and it's got a lot of life left in it. This is not, it's not dying. It's not going anywhere. Um, so, so yeah, for people, people wanting to get in, this is just some of those, some tips to help them. Um, okay. So that'll probably round that out. Server selection at the moment, I would say we're looking at, um, on uh, season of mastery, which I was probably going to go through till November now, probably got six months left. So about halfway through that server's life cycle, we are on obsidian edge. That would be considered the official hardcore server. It's really very quiet now, but that is because it's hardcore only basically most of the multi-lifes have left on um on the what do they call the class oh yeah on the original so the classic era realms uh we were blood sail buccaneers and i think that name is also transferred over to the tbc server hasn't it isn't it blood yeah so the yeah the na server for you know if you're playing classic era tbc is blood sail buccaneers uh yeah they just they kept the same names it's just now they just make it more confusing with the tbc versus era and everything but yeah there's also eu servers too so like you know for som there's uh for som i think it's uh I'll well, I know it. the one for Classic Era is Hydraxian Waterlords. Um, and I'll have it in my DMs here. Um, what server they are doing. But yeah, um, one thing you well, can't Yeah, Kelsarar is the uh, official right. um, European SOM server. Right. Okay. So you have a couple options there if you're you know, an NA player or an EU player. I think most of the... There was like an Oceania server, but I think you could probably speak on it. I think most people... Uh, playing in that region just hopped in the NA server. Yeah, I would say that I I I, I don't think the Oceanic uh, server really went anywhere. To be completely honest, I think it it was very much a, a quick, very quick rise and fall is what I think uh, I think happened there. So so most people play on the NA server, and then you get to uh, you get to group up with uh, with all of our favorite um, all of our favorite HC uh, competitors. And uh, and the t- people play at all different times. So even on NA, like there's there's people playing from all different time zones. So don't think like uh, uh, that you're not going to get any groups or anything like that. Yeah, I would say if you're looking for the most populated experience, um, you're probably going to want to be on one of the SOM servers. Alliance side is where I see most of the activity. I think yeah. there is a little bit of a resurgence on like maybe TBC yeah. Horde side, but Correct. I don't think it's yeah. as popular as SOM. Right? I think you're right. I think that's a good observation, actually. So Alliance side SOM is probably the most active um, community at the moment. And the Horde side is building up. Um, the Horde side is building up now. They would, they do have, um, uh, they've got the Iron Crusade and stuff like that happening. But it was just because the main reason for this, which, and we can talk about it afterwards, is mainly because of the Road to Rag. So the Road to Ragnaros was an event where, um at the start of som they had the idea of well people didn't know whether it was even going to be possible but be able to get a raiding team together of of one life raiders and actually down ragnaros which they did and obviously to keep everybody on track and on the uh on the same page they just did alliance only for this one so that's probably why we've got the the much bigger population alliance side whereas i would say back in the classic era i would say that horde was a little more popular Oh, um, for sure. Yeah. Back so we'll when, see what happens. On Era and TBC, 
Horde was kind of the way to go. But the reason they, the main reason they swapped it up to for SOM is because of Paladins, actually. Paladins, gotcha. The buffs yeah. that they brought were just like way too strong for raiding to pass up. So compared to Shaman, like survivability wise, Paladin was was just like a way better choice. That makes sense. Yeah, that does make sense. Um, so that's why that's why that happened. Um, now Horde Alliance, I suppose that just sort of piggybacks quite well in there that we. Uh, it was Horde previously was really busy. We're now on Alliance. If you're starting a character and you're doing it in a solo way, it really doesn't matter. Just play whatever you want. Um, play Horde, play Alliance. Um, and I I don't really see any any benefits either way. I guess Horde side early on, you don't have to do Westfall. Maybe the Barons is a better <laughs> leveling zone to start with, I would say. Yep, you, but you do have Skull Rock on the Horde side, which I don't know if you're True. familiar with that one. That one kills many, many players. That does too, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I would say, you know, Horde Alliance just, it depends on like kind of what you're, if you're looking for a fresh new experience, play like the faction you haven't played much of. You know, try well, out the new faction. Well. And then that's true if, well. But if you're like, oh, I want to play like my most comfortable class on the faction I know, then you should pick that one. All right, so dungeons, as we said at the top of the show, one dungeon ID, um so they they like i mean the dungeons are great in um in hardcore aren't they oh yeah i mean it's a highlight of a lot of people's runs like they're kind of thinking okay i gotta get to this level to be able to like run this dungeon like they're definitely they add some spice and some you know variety to the experience yeah. so a lot of and people look forward to dungeons and, and they are some of the most fun i think you can have in hardcore because you're interacting with other members of the community yeah. Absolutely. It turns up the excitement and the enjoyment and also the rewards. I mean, especially yes. combining, you might have a quest chain that then culminates in a dungeon. You're in for a juicy reward that can just, especially on a weapon, heavy, a weapon dependent class that can just absolutely change the game for you. So super exciting, feels even more rewarding, stacking all those dungeon quests, being ready to go. Things like the Paladin quest for the, um, for the Verigan's Fist, for the hammer that ties in. And it's just, that's just so much classic flavor too, doing those things, isn't right. it? Right. Yeah. Those long questions with those epic, you know, ep weapon rewards at the end yeah. are amazing. Like you got the, the, the Paladin one that you're talking about, the Whirlwind yep. Axe. The Whirlwind Axe for sure. Um, yeah. Dungeons definitely, I recommend it. I, I honestly feel like with most of the people playing hardcore, you know, like if at least if they've made it to the, the 15 to 20, you know, 20 plus that they're good players, right? Like most of the time you can trust them with your hardcore dungeon life, right? So Agreed. it definitely is, is fun and it, it does add like something to look forward to while you're leveling. Um, and like, you know, like what we did with the, the Suicide Squad. That I was mean, fantastic. If yeah. you make a dungeon squad, it can make it even more fun. Like you're kind of thinking about, you know, like, okay... We're doing Nomergon, or well, I'll go, we'll say we're doing RFK. <laughs> I won't go to Nomergon, but <laughs> you're doing RFK, and it's like okay, like this this axe drop. Like who's who would you know benefit most from it? Because you kind of think more of a in a group in a set, team like, setting, yeah. yeah. Like as a and team, I, I actually think that's a really good. It's a really good point. Um, it, aside from done, aside from duos and trios and everything, if you wanted to do solos, a good way to do like an augmented solo experience is to do. Uh, solos with a dungeon group so there's still no trading or anything but you can obviously decide on loot then but what's what that is really good is when you set up that schedule you'll do it the dungeons will really break it up and you'll get a level and a half or two levels whatever but you'll have a target in mind so during the week or during that two weeks 
people if you if you were doing a dungeon on the weekend for example like we did because of all the time zones aligned um it gave you that week to get to okay i've got to get to level 27 by the end of the week and it gives you a really clear target it breaks up that experience and then you'll be rested going into the dungeon a ton of quests to hand in get some new weapons then you might come out you'll have blue weapons it makes your um level solo leveling more enjoyable so i would highly highly recommend dungeon groups to people if you're able to get together a consistent squad to do it yeah it definitely it makes it more exciting and it kind of puts pressure on yourself a little bit too like with you know okay like these people are like relying on me like i gotta get to like you know i need to make sure i'm staying safe or i'm getting to this level before this day and it it can definitely uh i think it also kind of happens naturally too like even if you don't go into the character like with a like specific dungeon group in mind you'll kind of level at the same pace with some of the people in the guild yeah. and you'll see them around you're like hey like you want to run you know sm or whatever like you you'll kind of form those groups naturally almost or you'll see the same faces while you're popping yeah. in dungeons might not be the same group but it, it is cool and, and fun to to keep track of other people's runs in the guild and dungeons are a great way to like kind of keep in touch with people and see how they're doing see how their runs panning out definitely and uh, if you're an, a lesser experienced player, by grouping with those who have got more experience, you can really see how to do those dungeons properly. Uh, say you've got an experienced tank and you are uh, just a DPS, you'll get to see how they do it and you can learn from that. And even vice versa, if you were tanking, but you were an inexperienced tank, but you had a really good squad behind you, then they're going to help guide you through that. And it works It, it works for everybody you know, in, in that situation. So I would definitely... Definitely recommend. Um, definitely recommend doing dungeons. Um, okay, as for gear, that probably sort of ties in with a lot of things that we've said. Gear is depending on the class, more or less important, isn't it? Um, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. So you've done a warrior cheesy, didn't you? How far did you get on a warrior? Uh, I got to sixty. Okay, on, nice. On so you've done. So you know the warrior challenge. Right, yeah, and it's um, it, it definitely like the the weapon upgrades, like finding you know the, a weapon that you can get easily, like to it can definitely make a huge difference, and just gear in general as well. But like on a mage, you know, people do it naked. Like, I mean, yep. you people level warriors naked, but yeah, those mages are, are like way easier to level, like without like really worrying about. They're gear. not gear dependent as much, are they? So, and that again, then that probably ties in with what we were saying before about if you get a juicy, if there's a, a, a dangerous quest with a juicy crest reward and stuff like that. As a as a mage, you may not even get that much of a big a benefit from it. Warlock as well. So keep all of that in mind. But yeah, the your clothies just not that um, not that gear dependent, are they? Right, yeah. Most of their like massive upgrades come from the trainer, right? Like you get that new rank of Frostbolt and that thing freaking pumps. Yes. But, you know, like as a warrior, you're not going to feel any difference like after training abilities. It's all about those weapon upgrades. So so it's it more important it... for those guys, for the cloth, it's more important to make sure you can afford your um, your training, your new skill <laughs> right, yeah. when available. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, with the gear, those um, the ways to get it, Keep an eye out for those vendors. Look for your rare goods vendors. Antonio Pirelli is a big one for anyone in the human starting area. Paladins, Warriors, he's got some killer two-hand pieces. I think he's got some braces you can buy, about level 20 braces, which are which are well worth it. I think they're plus five stam or various stats like that. So keep an eye out for Antonio Pirelli. He does a big loop. Um, you, can, you can Google him and find it out and save up your gold again to be able to buy those things. 
there are specialty goods and rare goods vendors everywhere. So so look into them and uh, and you know you and, and purchase the gear from there if you need to. The professions, which is what we've talked about before as well, professions really good way to get gear. Uh, my I think my favorite probably in terms of getting gear would be the leather working. I think you get a lot of really really useful pieces out of that. Um, and then dungeon rewards again. Think about the dungeons; they they really are um, they they really are a good way to go for for, for gear drops. Um, oh, and for also, sure. And d- dungeon quests, like especially like you think about uh, the trip runners from Nomergon, they're like plus eighteen agi. Oh wow! So Jeez. that's a level thirty quest. It's also got other stats on. It's got like some strength and some some what stamina. A killer piece, yeah. So, so, but it's it's so, eighteen agility at level thirty two or thirty three. You can safely complete Nomergon. Wow! Like, imagine you that you could get that piece, and it's a huge upgrade, and it'll last you probably sixty. Yeah, it could be it could be a really long hold piece for for a druid or anything like that. Yeah, I, I think I, I wore them on my warrior for you know till the till the fifties. I think I picked up a piece that was like, oh, this is finally better. Once you kind of think about like you know at that point, I'm wearing leather at level fifty as a warrior. Like you know you can you have access yeah. to plate. So I like it just eventually Maybe like you know time, yeah. swapping the plate was like more beneficial. So, but yeah, I mean those items will last you forever. Like on alliance side, the weapon upgrade from the scarlet monastery quest like the that's uh, huge the bone biter axe bone biter axe yeah that item will last you to 60 on most of your characters that's a killer axe dude that's a killer piece really yeah and if you're if you're a warrior it's like honestly better and easier to get than whirlwind axe and then you have like you know paladins it's the best weapon that they can get unless they get lucky on like some some random drops yeah absolutely so, as yeah, a rep pally just... yeah as rep pally yeah. the weapon progression you can go basically from the varigans well basically what you could do is your starting weapons you could buy the two-hander from antonio pirelli that would take you from i think he does one yeah, at level 14 iron mace or something the yeah iron he does ball. he does a kick-ass mace i think at 14 with like six strength on it and a bunch of other stats a really high top end but he does, I think it's the Blessed Claymore or something. He does a um, <laughs> a really kick-ass two-hand sword, uh, which has, has got a amazing executioner stats. sword. Executioner sword, sorry, yeah. Um, and that will take you through. Then you get Varigan's Fist, which will take you up to like thirty-five. And then you go the Bone Biter Axe, and you're set as a as a Red Pally. That Bone Biter Axe is huge. I think it's twenty strength or something. It's it's crazy. It's, yeah, it's like twenty strength, like ten stamina, which is huge for hardcore. Yeah, yeah, and it's just like so. Those are all from dungeons, so yeah, yeah more. So it's worth on, doing. On it's dungeons. yeah, really, really worth doing that. And those are your guaranteed rewards; they're not drops. So look for those. Anything that's a guaranteed reward. Um, I just noticed we hadn't when I mentioned druid there before. We haven't mentioned druids at all on this, Jay-Z. Oh, um, you're right. I mean, yeah. yeah, we haven't given the druids any love at all. Why don't you give a quick, um, quick rundown of? You know some of the pros and cons of being a druid for the players out there. Would you recommend it? And um, and maybe some of the things to keep in mind. Yeah, if you if you ask my so I, I'm in a guild on TBC. If you ask my guildies, I hate Torin with a passion. So I would say like Torin is probably the the worst thing about playing a druid is if you're on Horde, yeah, you have to be a Torin. But but Torin is honestly, or sorry, druid is honestly like a a very versatile class, and I think yep. like very strong like for a lot of people. Um, you know, I think I leveled one to fifty six. Yep. And I, I unfortunately perished in the yep. Eastern Plaguelands doing uh the the dwarf gravedigger quest. So yeah, that was wow. uh that was a heartbreaker, but I did level another one, one to sixty on the horde side. 
Um, so Druid, it's it's a lot of fun and like it's cool. You have so many different ways you can play. Like there's moments where you know maybe you need that extra survivability, so you just sit in bear form. Yep. Um, other moments you can play like a rogue. You're bursting them down. You're in cat form. Um, or you can just be a straight up caster. Like people yeah. do go like the boomkin route. I mean, it's yeah. not ideal and it's, you're drinking every pull, but you could, but if someone do wants it. to do it, you can do it. I think it, I would say, and I don't play a lot of Druid, but from what I've seen, I think it's got a high skill cap. Like if you can keep pushing it as better, if you, as you get better and better and better, you can keep putting that into the class and you can perform higher and higher and higher. And you'll see people who play, you know, a lot of Druid or exclusive Druid, like Graves for Days. It's just like it's a masterclass whenever you watch him play, um, you know, just shape-shifting to get out of stuns and things and just the the amount, it's just such a high APM. It can be really high APM action um, when you oh, get Oh, for sure, it. yeah. Yeah. yeah, and there's, uh, I mean, there's like some people that are like power shifting while leveling yeah. like to utilize some talents. Like there's definitely like a high skill ceiling, but I'd say it's probably one of the safer classes as well. Like you do have um, like a lot of survivability with bear form. You have a lot of um, like escape ability with cat dash or even just using travel True. form. So, I was going like, to say a lot of ways to that are helpful for hardcore, just like escaping things if you play Druid. And you get travel form, uh, you're getting that speed boost earlier on than people too. Now it's not obviously the same as full mount speed, but it is that improvement. And you're getting that, what, 10 levels uh, earlier than- Yeah, um... I think you get it at level 30. And it is honestly like, in a lot of cases, it's even better than sure. using a mount. <laughs> Cause like, if you think about it, you're spending all that time like mounting up to like run to yeah, like your next target or whatever. You're not but having if you're, to like, do that. Yeah, instant cast into, into cheetah form, but you do pay for it because all the druid abilities are like stupid expensive. Oh, really? So like when you're going to the trainer, you're probably walking out with like, you know, 10% of the money that you had when you went in. So oh, like, really? Probably, it's so yeah. expensive. Yeah. So my druid, I think I didn't get a mount um, until like 46, 47. Yeah. So wow, it's like six levels. Amount. And those are like some grindy levels right there where, you know, I, I just couldn't afford a mount because of the cost of my abilities. Hell yeah, dude. Hell yeah. Um, so that's worth keeping in mind for people. If you've got a way of making money, uh, a way of making money um, will definitely benefit. And this is one of the things that we talked about where mixing a certain classes and certain professions can definitely help as well uh, to keep that keep that income up. Um, I did want to mention just on professions as well. We we only talked briefly about cooking and, and um, uh, first aid as your kind of secondary professions. Uh, it's a good idea. I think first aid could be a good idea uh, early on for a lot of people, just as that, and again, it depends on class, but also if you've got a whole bunch of linen, if you convert it into bandages, it's worth more to the vendor than it was as um, mm -hmm. just as its raw material. So keep that in mind too. Um, and then for, for cooking as well, cooking can be good if you, if you stay on top of it. If you don't stay on top of it and you let cooking drop <laughs> off, you're just going to find yourself in an area where you can't cook any of the shit that you're getting and you're storing all these recipes. And oh, so my God. Make the decision. And as soon as if you feel like you're, you've fallen behind the curve and you're not going to catch up, just drop it, get rid of the <laughs> recipes and just move on with your life. Yeah, I think Alliance, it's tough because you do get like all those uh, recipes from like the quests. Mm. So you're like, oh, I'm definitely gonna go in and like level my cooking like next time I play. Like I'll hold on to this. Yeah. And then it's like like and that's what happened to me on my <laughs> on my uh, druid. I was like level 40 killing level 20 crabs in Asheville because I put <laughs> off leveling my cooking. Exactly. So, so keep that <laughs> definitely keep that in mind, peeps. And um 
uh, it is good. It's good if you if you are going to stay on top of it and you use it. If you're a class that doesn't eat a lot, um, then you may find that you get enough just periodic foods that if you need a stat, like as a paladin, you don't need a lot of food, but um, you it's only for the stats that you're getting it. And you might have some stat food before a boss or before a tricky area. You may find that you're getting enough periodic, like, you know, Red Ridge, Goulash and all that stuff. You get five mm-hmm. of them. And that, that could really be enough to get you through. So don't feel you need to take it. But if you want to, then it can be cool. And you can basically have on one of my paladins. I did it cooking. I boosted cooking way up. And I just had 100% uptime on all of those stat things. So you've got this a stam, which is super important for us, and spirit, which is just passively helpful for everybody in terms of getting your health and everything back. So um, you can just, but if you are doing the cooking, make sure you make use of it and keep that 100% uptime on all of those things. Um, yeah, and just to speak on like what you're saying about, um, you know, like taking advantage of like these secondary professions and things, it's like, you know, you can play where you're trying to get to level 60 or 70 fastest time possible, right? And you can yeah. do that in hardcore, people do it all the time. Um, but there's also like some great fun and value to be had, like doing the small things, working on your fishing, working on your secondary professions that make the run like more interesting for a lot of people, like for fishing. They have those pools. Oh, yeah, we didn't talk about that. Yeah, you can you can fish up the pools of like uh like what are those? Is it just like boxes in the water? Yeah, the junk. It's up. different kind of junk piles, but I can't remember what they call them. Yeah, yeah. So you can fish those up, and they have like chests inside them, which can hold bags. Like I think yeah. one time I got like a twelve slot bag at like level you know in like my thirties, just from like focusing on fishing yeah. just a little bit. You can get green items. You can get leather, which then you can use for certain engineering recipes that you don't yeah, want to be able to obtain. Yeah, if you're engineering or if you are um, even, I can't remember if there's any tailing ones, but there are some other times, yeah, where you need uh, you need some leather and that's one place to get it without the auction house. So yeah, definitely. Yeah, so a lot of those things can make, you know, things feel more important in a hardcore run that can really keep you locked in and enjoying the game mode. And then fishing obviously ties in well with cooking to keep that cooking pumping too, depending on the areas that you're in. Um, the only other thing that I would say just to caution people when it comes to the cooking and first aid is that when you get to, I, I don't know what the level is, but about halfway through, some of those trainers do become less and less accessible. Like I think it's is it the, first, yeah, <laughs> yes. the first aid one. I think you have to go and get this book somewhere in, um, in, um, in like an elite area in Hillsbrad or something. So um, yeah, there's like for the horde, it's uh, Dustwallow Marsh, which is like a level 35 is probably like the earliest yeah. you ever go there. So it's like 35 to 40 kind of zone. And you're in there like <laughs> at level maybe 25 if you're yeah, trying to get like that first aid book when you actually need it. So keep that in mind, folks, that can also you can end up putting by trying to be safer, you can end up putting yourself in more danger. So, <laughs> <laughs> so keep that in mind. Um why don't we talk quickly on um, some memorable moments, Cheesy, which we did discuss before, um, being uh, the the Suicide Squad in, in Noma was definitely one of the most memorable moments for me. In fact, just doing those dungeons with you lads was uh, was a great time. They were all um, they were all really good times. So that was awesome. And for me, a lot of time being Horde side, it was that was a lot of new experiences for me. But uh, but the the Noma run definitely one of the most memorable moments <laughs> I think in hardcore period. It is uh yeah it'll live in infamy forever. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh yeah I would say there's like some great I think early on like I 
like when things are just kind of getting worked out, like the rules and like the systems, like you would never really see like many high level deaths. So yeah. like on my phone, I, I have a screenshot because I was like so taken aback by it <laughs> of Iron Lad laying in the road in Duskwood oh, dead. Wow. And I remember I was so like, oh my God, this guy is going to delete a level 25 character. Yeah. And it like, seemed insane. No way. And it seems crazy. And you're like, you're like heartbroken. Cause you're like, oh my God, I can't believe like they're deleting like a level yeah. 25 and exactly. they, you know, and it, it affects you like, you know, early on, like to like, to the point where I was like sending that screenshot to like, I think I sent it to my girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> I sent it to like, like wow. my, my friend that plays while well. I'm like, dude, this guy's, I can't believe it. Um, so like moments like that are super memorable for me. Like early on, like just have the high level deaths, the first sixties, like the first wave of sixties. When that really first cool. started coming through, I think pre pre SOM, I think back on era people, I think we only had, I mean, I know it was less than a hundred. Uh, I think it was less than a hundred sixties had done it before SOM. Um, yeah. I think it was like in the sixties, but like people had multiple, um, yeah, people 16. had multiple. So, like bumped 16. it up to like probably like a hundred or so, like confirmed, verified, like because back then, like you know, right now we didn't actually speak on this, which would be probably true. The, the like add-on, the add-on. So, what the way that you can verify that you're following the rule set and everything, because there is like a leaderboard, so you can like submit your your add-on information and and be on the leaderboard. Um, you know, in the past, it was like fully recording videos. That's right. That was how run. we used to do it. That was how we used to do it. You had to record from level one onwards every minute of of every uh, game. Yeah. Yeah. And I think Alinya was watching most of those videos from what I understand. Yeah. And, and those guys used could, to watch them on 10x speed, but it was still it was still hours and hours and hours to verify it. Yeah. I mean, there's people that had, you know, over 10 days played and at 10 times speed, that's still someone spending 24 hours watching a video which i mean i feel like you know for the most part it's what it's going so fast like they, they're probably like working on other things at the same time because at the end of the day we're just a bunch of nerds having fun with uh with hardcore wow but absolutely but what's uh, changed yeah. now cheesy yeah so the add-on um is you just have to install it it's on curseforge or wherever you get your add-ons um and it you just leave it running the entire time while you're playing yep. and it just verifies that you haven't died or haven't open trade with like i think it keeps track well, of in fact, partners it, yeah well in fact it doesn't allow you to um it doesn't allow you to even open the mailbox for example or the auction yeah. house does it you can't actually interact with those items um so it gives you it's not only monitors what you're doing but it gives you protection as a player for proactively stopping you from doing things that would break the rules in addition to that it will let you know while if you're about to attack someone who is pvp flagged which is a big thing for hardcore. You have to be so careful with that too, um, in terms of whether it's a player, which we'll talk about this afterwards, griefing, but whether it's an NPC that is flagged for PvP, you don't realize there's some patrolling mobs in Stranglethorn Vale, for example, they're patrolling Tauren woman, and it's PvP flagged that if you, you know, you can just smoke her, but you're flagged then afterwards, which is a highly dangerous situation to be in as a hardcore player. So, oh, for um, sure, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So the add-on is fantastic. Shout out to the to those lads who who created that because um, the add-on is fucking brilliant. And it does have like some really fun social things involved with it. Like it'll oh, yeah. basically send a message to like the guild when you die, and it like comes up as a raid warning if you have the add-on installed. Yes. So like flashes across your screen, and it's like juno hc has died at level 45 yep. in Stranglethorn Vale, 
and it has like their final words in there too, which can be really funny sometimes. <laughs> like, Hell yeah. oh, like, you know, I'm going to try this really hard quest. Wish me luck. And then it's like, that's their last words. <laughs> that's right. No, that's really good. There is the social element to the add-on. So the add-on is brilliant. Um, and yeah, and that does, that contributes to those memorable moments. And for me as well, like it's a bit, I've got clips of a lot of mine. And like, it's a bit cringe now when I look back that I was so upset over deaths at level nine and level 10 and things like that. But <laughs> back when I had first started that first bit of leveling, especially when I would do professions and everything, I might spend four or five hours to get to level 10 when I had first started. Cause I would be doing alchemy and I'm doing all of these different things and leveling really slowly. So for me, it was still a big deal when I would die at 10, 11, 12. So right. now yeah, that might not seem like a high easy. level. Yeah, it might not yeah. seem like a high level, but the time investment, like the like the attachment to your character, like yeah. you got like two six slot bags in the starting zone. Exactly. Which makes you feel like you're on the blessed run, right? You're like, this is the one, I got the this six slotters. But yeah, then you die. It does. And it's it like affects all that all that's gone. So don't feel bad, lads. If you if you get upset over a low level death, don't feel bad because it's happened to all of us at some point. We have oh, for sure. And everybody's got a different idea of what they consider. Uh, a high level or a level that you should be um, upset about if you lose a character. It's never good. It's, it's, it's really never good. And, and for me, there was most of those death clips and everything that I had were between 10 and 25. Um, in some ways, I would actually say, in some ways, I would say that it does get a little bit easier. I'd say it gets, in my opinion, as a paladin, I feel like it gets easier but more grindy as you get higher. That's what I think it happens. Whereas for me, the most dangerous time it always still is from about 15 to 25. I feel as a paladin, it's probably the most dangerous time for me. I think it's like that for most classes. I think um, yeah. as you like level up, like you do get access to like more abilities or like more yeah. consumables, like as a paladin, like you're saying, I think, what is it? Level 32, you get your like real bubble, like the one that Yeah, like, you lasts. get the really kick-ass bubble. Um, you've got your heals are really good. Then you've up, you know, you've got, um, yeah, just a just a whole bunch of um, yeah better stuns, the stuns that last longer, and just more survivability and more utility in general. Yeah, but then it does become a game of like okay, focus, right? You yeah. can't you can't like let down your guard for for one second, like while leveling hardcore. And I think that's, that's where like kind right. of the the difficulty comes from for for a lot of people because they do look at it and they're like, oh, like this is easy. Like I'm just gonna go kill gray mob or green mobs and like yeah. these green turtles that are like level 50 while i'm at level 59 and i'm just gonna kill three thousand turtles and hit level 60 it's like not that hard like why do you guys keep like yeah up, i've heard right? that commentary yeah but it, it's you know it it is easy to play like that but do you have the mental fortitude to, to go through a grind like that and and I think you, that's where hardcore yeah. gets its difficulty is like the the repetition, like the making sure you're playing at a safe level at all times for over, for a lot of people, over 10 days of playtime. Absolutely right. And that's why, and there's things even when you're saying that, when people are doing that, if you're only near water and people are uh, fighting in water, the amount of people who have died from drowning deaths, me included, where you're tunnel visioning <laughs> a mob and you just forget to breathe. And that's literally what happens. It's There's so many things. You can auto run. I mean, there's only one spot in Ironforge you can do it, but you can auto run into the lava in Ironforge if you're not careful. I mean, yeah. there are there's this and the same thing anywhere. I mean, 
you can auto run off things. The elevators, the fucking elevators, man. Oh my um, god, yeah. The elevator, the undercity elevator is up there. Is like one of the hottest death spots. And the southern barrens, man. The southern barrens too. How many people have died there? It's the same thing. So you you cannot even if you think this is easy and you're playing the most basic way. Um, you have to be super careful at all times, head on a swivel. But in terms of memorable moments, just to wrap up this topic, one of the things that which ties in with it is that people do naturally as gamers, we do naturally push it a bit that you could, if you were a robot, you would just sit down and just kill fucking green mobs and get your experience and just and leave the thing you could bot it like that. But for us as gamers, you want to push it more. And that's why people end up um, fighting tougher mobs and doing tough quests. I mean, I still remember as one of my memorable moments, I still remember when Gray's one of the earlier high level deaths, Gray's for days died, I think at 40, I can't remember somewhere in the forties fighting King Bangladesh in Thorn Vale. And that's a fucking tough boss, dude. He's a tough mob spawns tigers or panthers or whatever with him. Um, that's a, that's a tough boss and Grace for days died doing that, but that's what the challenge is all about. It's pushing the envelope too, isn't it? Yeah, I think there's it's cool because there's different ways to play it, right? At the yep. end of the day, you can push the envelope the whole time if that's what you want to do, or you can focus on the little things of like professions and taking it slow. Yep. Like Correct. it's cool. It's just so versatile and each run that you have can can be totally different just based on your playstyle alone. Absolutely right. Um last subject on our talking list here, future of hardcore with different expansions. Now we've already seen the rollout of TBC. And people have adapted hardcore straight into that. Um, so so that's I, th- I think TBC and Classic obviously share a lot. They really do share a lot. The 1 to 60 is, is, is fairly similar between the two of them. As we go into the other expansions, it will be interesting to see um, whether hardcore translates into those other ones, especially now it seems, um, with we should know within about 10 days whether... Uh, Blizzard are going to announce Wrath Classic. Oh, right, yeah. And if they do on that, it should be April 19th that they're going to announce that. It seems to be a foregone conclusion, but we could be proven wrong. Whether the hardcore community is going to roll into Wrath in the same way as these other ones, what do you think, mate? Yeah, I believe that people will move on to the new expansion and play hardcore with it. Yep. Now, I think what this has shown me like recently, like it's been about a year, maybe a little bit less since TBC launched. And TBC Hardcore never really took hold and had the same kind of appeal, like like mass appeal as That's Classic did. Classic. And I think like there is something to be said about how the game is designed, 1 to 60, the vibe of the game, all of that like fits very, very well with like the hardcore mode mentality. Yeah. And I think for a lot of people, it holds like some sort of nostalgia as well, which is makes it a little bit more enticing. But I think... There will be people that play Wrath Classic, or uh, sorry, Wrath Classic Hardcore, and I would probably be one of them. But yeah. at the end of the day, I'm probably going to go back to the SOM server. Like if they do a like a legit they, hardcore server in the next correct. one, I'll be playing that exclusively. Like you won't catch me playing hardcore or anything else because that just is, I mean, you know, that that is more appealing to me than I think than some of these newer expansions. I think you're right, and I think that's I think that's probably what my prediction of the future will be. Is I think the SOM server, I think the most popular thing, and maybe I'm just looking at our little section of of the internet, but I really think that the most popular element of SOM has been hardcore. I mean, 
in terms of Reddit, the road to rag was huge. Mm-hmm. The streaming event, it was as big as world first. It was, it was a fucking massive event. Um, and I mean, the amount of people that were playing during the road to rag event, I it think was, it was have, six full guilds, six <laughs> full guilds of people. And then people, it was, I'm with overflow. People were trying to get in. They were banging on the door, trying to get in and do it. <laughs> it was, it yeah. was a huge thing. And I think without, classic hardcore i don't even know if there would have been a season of mastery and if there was i really don't think it would have been as popular i think it would have been very much like the oceanic service we talked about a massive rise and fall people would come in early you get that um you know anytime there's a fresh people do get excited and it's it's one of the best times to play an mmo is on a fresh launch it feels like super populated really vibrant really enjoyable um but i think that's probably what have happened the hardcore community always the triumph of the hard community is longevity. We always keep doing it. We keep playing. And that's why we're still doing it two years later and why there's still people. You can go to classic era realms now and there's still people doing it. Uh, and I think I agree with you that if Wrath came out um, at the same time that there was, or even around that same time, there was a, a, a legitimate hardcore server where they essentially just implement the add-on um, you know, into the server yeah. or get rid of the spirit res and stuff like that. I think it would be incredible, um, and I would play that a lot. I think with Wrath, I'm I'm kind of interested to play Wrath because it was back whenever I did. I played when I first came to WoW, played the back end of Burning Crusade and into Wrath. Those couple of months overlap, so I would be excited to go back in to do it. I think you're starting to get more disconnected. Wrath was the start of whenever it was starting to disconnect itself from Classic, and I I just don't know how well Hardcore is going to. Um, translate over into that uh, and then with the level cap and with a lot of things changing I just don't know I mean one of the things that hasn't still even been agreed on is how to even handle the death knight situation too that still hasn't even been <laughs> been nailed yeah. down like how do you deal with that so I'm not sure I'm not super I'm kind of excited about wrath I'm not super excited about wrath hardcore to be honest um, yeah, I think I, I play a lot of uh, TBC. Like I'm, I'm in a guild that raids regularly, so yeah, I, I've been playing TBC since launch, like consistently. But yeah. for me, like I, when I want to play hardcore, I go back to the classic era, or I go to S1. Yeah. Like that's kind of where my mind takes me. It's never like, oh, like I want to play the Hellfire TBC. Peninsula yeah. hardcore, or like not really. Know, hey, yeah, so stuff like that is what draws me back into playing some of these classic modes. And I think like with, with hardcore servers, the only, and like they could call it soul of iron server, you know, that's fine with me. Like Absolutely. Just whatever, it, as long as death equals delete for everyone involved on that server, I am so down. I could, I'm okay with the other rules, like kind of going out the window and like, you know, hardcore achieving the ultimate goal of being physically like implemented by blizzard to where you can't, you know, revive your character, then that's enough for me. Like I will play. That's probably, it's a good point. That's probably enough because you could get away. Like at that point, mail isn't going to really matter if you're mailing between hardcore tunes and auction house. Cause all you're really going to have would be someone maybe mailing shit from their main over to a lobby. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a tiny, a tiny element, a tiny part of that. And then those guys are really, it's, you would, that would rely on someone getting to level 60 and then being like, oh, I'm going to cheat on my second character or I'm going to bend the rules of my second. I don't really see that being a huge issue. Um, and the same thing. Yeah. 
I, I don't know how, I suppose we have talked about the solo self-found thing. I don't know how detrimental the auction house might be, but the fact that it'll be a whole server of, of death equals delete, I think is huge. And to get into um, the griefing, which we didn't talk about, was it virtually eliminates griefing too, because during SOM, that was one of the things that we really dealt with, and we were plagued by by griefers and trolls, um, people stream sniping and stuff like that, and they were kiting mobs like Terramus that we talked about, the dragon from the Blasted Lands, a hunter can, can kite him, um, you know, a hunter with moderate skill can kite him to... Um, to Darkshire and then even into Elwyn Forest or wherever from there and killing a ton of stuff, killing people anywhere in sight. And also then there was the Warlock griefing with the Infernals too. So I think that having the death equals delete would mean that the player base could actually police that a little bit because it would rely on those guys having to level up without dying themselves, which kiting can be it's, it's not a guaranteed thing you're going to get it right. You make one mistake and you're dead and you've got to start again. So those guys would be under a lot of pressure to be able to grief us. Oh, yeah. They, like, it's kind of putting everybody in the same playing field because that was like the main problem with it, right? Is that like with griefing, they're not playing by the same rules. They're like the people rules who are everywhere. leveling in Westfall are when Terramus, Scary Terry, flies over, yeah. right? Like the, the guy kiting that is not on the same like playing field. Like he's, he's not following the same rules. So it's... It, on a hardcore server where death equals delete, that could be police, like you're saying. So it would it would self-police it, police itself and kind I of eliminate so. a lot of the negative press, I feel like, Road to Rag received was like people saying like death equals appeal or like, you know, just kind of not necessarily siding with the griefers, but like enjoying the content, you know. I think they did. Them. I think people liked the drama and I think the haters, it gave the haters something else to latch on to where it was like a lot of people were supporting this guy. Like people would support the stream and, and they were subbing to this dude who was doing that and uh, promoting the things in Reddit. And there was this kind of real spite, spiteful kind of vitriol as well. Um, which I thought kind of sucked, but that's life. I mean, you're going to get those people in life where they, they want to watch the world burn or they want to see people fail. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and I um, think uh, it, it definitely negatively affected a lot of people who like maybe weren't involved because, and like maybe not understanding kind of the systems in place. Like it brought a lot of negative press from people who just didn't understand, but like on a hardcore server where if you die, your character gets deleted, there's nothing else to really understand. Like, and I think it's appeals pretty- are out the window. I think it's pretty clear with Blizzard doing the Solifine buff, it's pretty clear that it was a nod, well, not a nod, but it was a very clear support of the hardcore community knew that we were uh, that we were doing that. And I think the next stage in that implementation, especially considering that there are so many servers that they seem to be happy keeping up. You look at ERA, there's a lot of classic servers still up. There's a lot of SOM servers that are lightly populated. And I don't think they have an issue keeping servers up. So for one of them, to be the death equals delete, I think will be incredible. And I'm I'm really confident that we'll get one on the next um, SOM for sure. And I feel like, uh, you know, you've seen, you've seen like a major fall off with uh, SOM, um, especially on the hardcore side. I mean, there's still like, I think I've seen upwards of 50 people online at the same time on the Alliance yeah. side, even recently. So I think it's still popular, it's still popping. Um, but I think if you had like an official Blizzard hardcore server, like it would ebb and flow with the launch of things, right? Like the popularity yeah. or, you know, the fresh of it, nothing is going to compare to the population on fresh, but 
I think you would have more of a consistent player base of like. I think it would consolidate people in a in a way, wouldn't it? it would consolidate. Yeah, and like you'd have way. people who are not necessarily affiliated with classic hardcore like HC, like the community we're all a part of, trying their hand at things like you know, like running molten core or something, right? Yeah. Like you would have it would be more of like a, a wide net. There are no barriers to entry. There's because I think I talked to Duran about this. Like he said, people who won't even they don't even want to go to the length of installing the add-on that's what's keeping them from playing so like you have you know yeah. before it was recording video and that's a that huge was barrier. a barrier which i get for people if you're limited with your system i get that for sure yeah but then even like reducing it down to okay install this add-on one time and then like literally forget about it that still is a barrier to entry for people where a classic hardcore server no barrier. You just load in, you create your character, you're in. You're playing hardcore. So that would That's be a really good point. That would be a cool thing. And I think it would definitely bring in even more people interested in playing hardcore. I think what would be exciting about it was it would consolidate us again because when we were all on Bloodtail Buccaneers initially, that was the home of hardcore and everybody kind of played there and it was the whole player base was in one place. And even whenever it did get quiet, there was still a lot of people there. Now we are kind of split between people who have gone back there. So people have gone back to BB um, in, in classic era. We've got SOM obviously is still pumping and then people are doing TBC um, hardcore as well. So we're kind of split. If Wrath comes out and we don't have um, a dedicated hardcore server, we could be split again in four different ways. And then that's, with both factions so you've got eight different communities right so it's yeah hard, yeah it's then it's hard to keep that um yeah it's hard to keep everything together so i really do hope that that's that's what's going to happen uh, and i think yeah i think like even better. just a year ago you look back we had i guess it would be three times less uh server options or mm. faction options than we do now so that has contributed heavily to i think splintering it a little bit but even now, like if you look at it, I think back on Blood Sale, like Horde side, the peak before like Road to Rag was announced and like it brought on a bunch of popularity, the peak was probably like 20 to 25 people online and one of the yep. guilds was like prime time that is like yeah. popping. Like you would never see 50 online, which is never, what's happening right no. now. Which, which is great to see that, yeah. Yeah, so like I so think it, there is still like a significant amount of popularity, almost, probably over twice as many people playing it now than we're a year ago it is just like more spread out which does kind of take away from that's it. right and it's still it's a great time for people to join and there's a there's there's a, there's more uh there's more content now there's so many streams there's there's videos winky does uh f's and chat which is kind of like reviewing the week's activities of highlights and death clips and stuff like that and they discuss it so uh there's really great uh videos and streams surrounding that stuff not to mention the ongoing raid content that those guys in the hc elite guild are doing so that's yeah and if you are interested in like hardcore rating that stuff is still going on like there's and it's not too late yeah they just did an mc run today and they had 38 people so just thinking about it that's two slots of people they just didn't have someone to fill the slot so like it's not like it's there's no barrier to entry really no it's not streamers yeah, yeah it's, exactly. it's none of that stuff. And Duranosaur recently even said the same thing, that it's likely that SOM will end in November-ish. This particular season, this particular server season will end around then. They indicated to us that it'd be roughly a 12-month uh, lifespan, and that would put it to November. So we are roughly halfway through the server's lifespan. So it's not 
just because they've downed MC doesn't mean that you guys, if you really want to get in and you want to raid MC hardcore, if you're a you're a big baller player, get in there and do it. Get it on yeah. your wow. Get it on your wow resume uh, while you've got the <laughs> chance, you know. So get in there and do it. I personally won't be uh, because I'm not a very good raider. So I'll leave that to you guys that have got a little bit more talent <laughs> than me. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, I think uh, raiding definitely takes hardcore to a whole new level where you're like you have 39 other people potentially relying on you to do something correctly. And if you don't feel comfortable doing that, then, you know, maybe the leveling challenge is, uh, is enough of an adventure it's, it's for enough. you. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm thinking. Um, okay. So the final order of business before we wrap this deal up, cheesy is I want to talk about the people of Azeroth unofficial hardcore community cup that's coming up. Uh, it's a leveling tournament. It's going to come up on the 14th of May. Uh, which is going to be roughly a month from now. And I'm just going to quickly run through the rules and then we can chat about it. So uh, the rules are it's going to be happening on the uh, 14th of May, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, which is 3 p.m. Pacific. It's Alliance side only. It's on Obsidian Edge, which is the SOM server. We're doing a level 10 start and we're doing it in a synchronized way. So this is a solo only tournament, no duos, no trios. We're all meeting in the uh, war room in Stormwind Keep. Level 10, empty quest log, um, no professions for level 10, don't have your bag stacked full of materials and, and all of the things that you've been gathering up. Don't, don't abuse the system there. It's a five hour duration. All of this info is in the Discord. Um, there's a Google form that you can register with. I would really like people, if you're listening, register with the Google form because I know there's a ton of people who are doing this. And I've got hardly, I've got like a very small ratio of people who have registered with the form. I know what people <laughs> like with forms, but it's important that you do it, okay? Because I'm working on some things in terms of um, casting it that day and what we're doing with the streamers and stuff like that, like a streamer wall and stuff. So please register with the form so I know who's going to be in there. Even if you're not sure you can make it, I would rather you register and don't show up, then don't register and actually show up. So please try and do that form. Um, we're just going to get bragging rights and a shout out on the podcast, and we're going to drop some subs too. So there's a YouTube video where I explain the rules. I'll include all this in the show notes. There's a invite link for the people as well Discord, and there will be the Google form to register. So just to summarize what's happening there, if you've never done hardcore before, you can still enter into this. This is a speed leveling competition, but don't let that put you off. It's five hour duration and basically from level 10 onwards, you go out into the world and you level however you want and get as high as you can without dying. It's going to be no re-rolls and last man standing also in effect. So if you die, you've literally got one shot of this. You delete your character, you leave the guild. Um, so please, if you, this could be a really good opportunity for people to, uh, to get in and play hardcore for the first time. If you want to promote your stream or boost your stream numbers as well, it can also be beneficial. Uh, so get a character to level 10. Down, we'll download the hardcore add-on first, get a character level 10, and then be ready to go on that day. And uh, you are going to have a blast. It's going to feel like a fresh event. It's going to be people everywhere. Everybody's going to be scrambling, killing mobs, doing quests. And we're going to be we're going to be ducking in and seeing what different people's streams are looking like and how people are going. And there'll be some, uh, like I said, some subs and some Twitch uh, prizes for people who uh, who come in first. Yeah, it seems like uh, it's going to be a great time. I've done a lot of the hardcore tournaments. If yep. I'm able to make this one, I'll definitely be participating. The five-hour limit is very nice because I think a lot yep. of the, the old past ones have been a little bit longer, which is a little tougher to 
to swing sometimes like an eight hours is, is it's a very difficult where, it's very difficult yeah where, where five hours is definitely the better part of an evening but it's it's definitely more manageable for a lot of folks and That's i think it's cool it's a it's a cool take on starting a level 10 rather than starting a level one so that'll make things even more interesting and i, I would say like you're saying it's not it is a, a speed leveling tourney but you don't need to be a speed lover to participate no, all you got to do no. is play safe you know get some xp level up a little bit and who knows cuz people die all the time by pushing the limits they absolutely you'll do. never know when you'll you know swing up into the the top 3 maybe because of a couple late deaths in the tournament i would love to see i would love to see some people who haven't done this before haven't done the challenge before Get in and do it as their first time on this. And I think that would be brilliant. Get in, get your character to level 10, park it up, and uh, and then be ready to go on the day. And I think it's going to be really fun. It's going to be great stream content too for anybody who's starting out. Um, so so keep that in mind. And uh, we'll keep talking about it. It's a, it's a month away, so we'll probably get another show in before then and we'll talk about it before then. Um, but yeah, it will be it'll be a really great, really great event and uh, and mix things up a little bit. So, uh, so super excited about that. And anybody, as usual, if you want to contact me, you can catch me on the, uh, catch me in discord or on the emails. Um, so I think that probably sums it up cheesy, unless you've got anything else you want to add to this, we've, um, we can probably wrap this deal up. Yeah, no, I'm good to wrap up. That's awesome. Okay, cool. Well, why don't you go first, mate, and, um, plug anything that you like, uh, wow content or otherwise. And, uh, if you've got anything that, uh, you know, if people want to get in touch with you or check out your stuff, uh, just, uh, just go ahead and plug that stuff now. Yeah, sometimes I stream on Twitch. I've been a little bit uh, inconsistent recently, but <laughs> I stream on Twitch at uh, twitch.tv slash cheesy goodness, C-H-E-E-Z-E-Y goodness. So you find me there sometimes. Um, shout out to my guild, the Booty, Day, Booty Bay PD. Hell um, yeah. On Mancrick US. Shout out to those guys. Yeah. Uh, that's, I mean, that's pretty much where you can find me. You can hit me up on Discord. I'm in the uh, Hardcore Discord. Yep. I'm one of the mods, so I'm at the top there. If you look for Cheesy, you can shoot me a message anytime. Hell yeah, dude. And shout out, let's do a quick shout out to the HC mod and admin team as well. They do a great job there with the Discords and just managing the the, the drastically changing situation that has always been. So uh, so definitely yeah, shout it is out a, It guys. is an unpaid position. So like these yeah. people are, are doing this out of the goodness of their heart, out of the love of the community. So keep that in mind if you do run yeah, into keep some that in mind if you're dealing with them. Yeah, for sure. Um, so definitely shout out to those guys and for Cargos as well um he's dealing he's obviously dealt with just so much shit when it comes to all this stuff so yeah shout out to uh to cargos as well for giving us this challenge and staying with it for a couple of years um so yeah so as for me i'd like to thank cheesy first of all for coming along co-hosting this uh it's ran a little bit longer than i thought but uh but really appreciate you being here mate yeah of course i'm happy to be here man it's been a a long time coming we've talked about it for a while so (laughs) it's cool to you know see it to come through to fruition and i'm excited to get some uh some guests on here so we can talk to them about hardcore definitely definitely so my contact info same thing um the stream schedule is erratic but you'll find me on there uh twitch.tv slash juno eclipse with a z um and uh people of azeroth podcast at gmail.com if you want to flick anything through for me or cheesy to read you can do that there and uh, i'm in the discord as usual and i'll put all the show notes in um i'll put all the show notes in i'll put all the links sorry in the show notes and uh and that will probably do us so uh so thanks everyone for listening thanks again cheesy and i'm gonna wrap this up here see you all next week see you guys